The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Hey, what is up? It is your boy Johnny Mags back at you once again for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I'm joined as always with Dan Garcia. And the week is winding down, which means the season's winding down, which means the month is winding down, which means it's almost playoff time and the Angels aren't in it again for another year. Fifth straight year, right? Is right. It, I think that sounds about right. 14, 15, 16, 17. Yep. Fifth year. So it is what it is. We've called, we called it. Hate to, uh, I don't mean to uh, say that we were right, but uh, we were right. And uh, But anyway, we'll get into all that. Uh, we'll get into the week in review and all that good stuff. But before we do, let's take a word from our sponsor. And our sponsor is Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Want to increase your performance and get that little extra confidence in the bed? Well, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the best. Uh, brings you the first chewable. With the same FDA-approved active ingredients that Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full or empty stomach. And since they are chewable, they work twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready for whenever the opportunity arises. If you benefit from a little bit of extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the best and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game. Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your, to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Blue Chew doc, Blue, visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 for the shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E Chew.com. Promo code armchair to try it free. Blue Chew, the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we like to thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Big shout out to Blue Chew. All right, so let's get into it. Let's not, you know, I when we recorded, I think we talked about that that Thursday game on our last. Yeah, it actually so. just finished um, when we were recording. So, right. so we talked. Uh, about we talked it. about that last week, but yeah. Okay, so we'll move on to Friday, and it was against the Astros. Um, Berea went two and two thirds in this game. Eight hits, six earned runs, no walks, 1K. Bullpen ran, went the rest of the way, not allowing a run. Houston scored five in the first, and then he scored one more in the third. But that was all. It was a 6-4 to four game. You take away that first inning, it's a complete different ballgame. Yeah, it, it, and like you said, that, that first inning was what really hurt. Um, I guess the good news is it is that the bullpen, you know, a strength of the team at the beginning of the season, you saw how a lot of these pitchers, when they're on – full rest or when they're on normal rest how productive they could be and now that the roster's expanded not all these guys are forced to be pitching every night but they go five and a third only giving up two hits uh, with one walk over four pitchers so again that first inning is really hard but then again too that's kind of what we've been talking and everyone's been talking about um as far as starting pitching being the um you know, uh, Achilles heel, if you will, of the Angels this year. It's something that they definitely have to look uh, for during the offseason, whether it's free agency trades or, or whatnot. Yeah, for sure. So uh, they lose that one 6-4 to four. again, like I said. Barring that that big first inning, this is going to be a complete different game. Uh, move on to Saturday's game against the Astros. Again, this was a Patrick Sandoval star, which means he's going probably three, four innings. And he did three innings, two hits, three in runs, two walks, one strikeout. Uh, David Fletcher led off this game with a home run. 
The Angels would score two more in that first inning. They score one more in the second on an RBI single by Fletcher. And in the fourth, the Angels add on with another Pujols double, another Pujols RBI. Every time we look up, Pujols is contributing with an RBI in some way. In the sixth, Simba, uh, Simba singles home Hermosillo. And that's how the Angels would score there. Uh, the Astros would, they would cut it to within two, and that would be it. And the Angels actually tack on more uh, to put this game away as Cole Calhoun homers again. 3-1 pitch. Cole hammers one out toward right center field. Raddick moving back onto the track. Near the wall, that is gone. Big fly for Cole Calhoun. Some insurance for the Halos. It's 8-4. to So, as Victor says it there, that would be it. 8-4 to would be the final. It wasn't a save, but the Undertaker, Undertaker came in and shut the door down. Right now, he'd be saying, we're nasty. So, to a little takeaway from this, again, like I had mentioned right in the description, Pujols just continues to drive in runs, and Cole Calhoun just continues to stay hot, making a case for that. Front you know, spot. Yeah. I mean, it, and, again, um, I don't think he's going to be back with the team next year, but he's definitely um, showing that he should be picked up by a team next year and, and should definitely get – that 13 million or maybe even more from another team next year, by the way, he's been producing the second half of the season, um, you know, between him and, and Pujols, they've been pretty much the power of the angels. Second half Fletcher has been doing well. He let off the game with a home run, but he's more known for his ability to get on base and get hits. But uh, again, bullpen six innings four uh, only four hits, no earned runs. Um, you, you kind of mentioned that Sandoval is going to be on a limited kind of, uh, outings. He only pitched 56 uh, pitches, so he looks like he's in that 50 to 60 pitch kind of range every game. So, um, a good win by from a solid team from uh, being the Astros. Again, uh, they they have something to play for. Astros are still trying to get that home, home field advantage through the playoffs, so um, you know they're out there trying to win every game, and the fact that the Angels were able to compete with a good team like this uh, shows you know what could have been and maybe what could happen next year. Because I don't know about you, but offensively, I don't think they need to make a lot of changes mm-hmm. offensively. It's no. going to, like I said, the past game is going to come down to that starting pitching, and, and that starting pitching needs um, some major improvements. But after that, I I think the Angels have a pretty good team already, kind of in place in house. Yeah, a few tweaks here and there, maybe to the lineup, but other than that, yeah. Uh, moving on to Sunday's game. It's a completely different game. Actually, it's a tale of one inning, too, again. Uh, this was a game where uh, Jose Rodriguez started. He get, he went two innings, gave up four hits, three in runs. Suarez followed that up. And then, again, another bullpen game. Uh, it was close somewhat, and then the Astros exploded for six in the fifth, and they blew it open. This game ended up being a 13-5 Astros win. The Astros scored 13 runs on 15 hits. Uh, that's pretty insane. Angels dropped this one, dropping the series to the Astros. Yeah, and Jose Rodriguez, again, a guy that September call kind of guy, not a guy that you're looking to make really any kind of big contribution at this point in his career, this point of the season, just kind of a guy out there to start a game and, and kind of eat up innings and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you would like him to give up a little less, but, um, you know, again, the Astros are really good and they have something to play for. And I think this game clinched the West for them. So, again, they always had something to play for. So, you know, taking one out of three, again, not ideal, but at least it wasn't a sweep. Yeah. Moving on to Tuesday. Had an off, gate, off day on Monday. Monday off day. That should be a thing because it seemed like all month for the last two months. It seems the, the like The whole it. month. No, you're right. For the, the whole, whole month, month they had Mondays off. Mondays off. So, it was mon- off day Monday. And then Tuesday, they played Oakland at home. Uh, Peters got the start. He pitched decent. I think he went five innings, five hits, two in runs, a walk, and three strikeouts. The A's got ahead first in the first in the third on a Chris Davis two-run home run, and in the fourth, Albert Albert Pujols will collect his hit number three thousand two hundred of it uh, on a single to the left. And in the bottom of the fifth, Fletcher would single home a run, followed by a Brian Goodwin RBI single. So here is Goodwin at the plate, popped in the air in a shallow left field. Coming in is the left fielder, and it's going to drop in for a blue pit. Angels have tied up the ball game. Binder couldn't get it. Chapman couldn't get it, and it just fell fair. And shortly after, Pujols would drive in a run with a sack fly. Well, here's Albert at the plate, and he swings and lifts a high fly ball to left field. This should be deep enough for the runner to tag and score. Tagging and coming in with the go-ahead run is Fletcher. Albert has a sack fly. Angels have a 3-2 lead. And it would stay 3-2 as the Angels went ahead and held on as the Undertaker comes in to get the save. 
right now he'd be saying we're nasty. Angels win this one three to two. Way to way to kind of stick it to the A's there, man. A's probably in the middle of that second wild card spot. You know, there's teams battling there, and they lose this game on the same day that the two teams in front of them won their game. So the Angels are being a little thorn in their side there. Right. Yeah. At the time, it, it pretty much brought their lead to from I think like a game and a half down to like a half a game in the wild card. So, um, like you mentioned, that these teams that we that the Angels are going to be playing the last week of the season have been really um, teams that need these wins for one reason or another. And kind of like I mentioned with the last game, Fletcher, or a couple games ago, Fletcher, three for four, um, just continues to bring up hits and, and rack up the hits. Uh, another great outing by the bullpen. Um, you know, going four innings, only giving up one hit. Uh, so, you know, Dylan Peters, you know, there was an article I think they put out afterwards. I think it was Jeff Fletcher from the OC Register that said that, you know, he could very easily be a guy that can compete for that six-fifth spot next year. And I think so, too. It's just his whole thing has been really consistency. He's been really up and down throughout the year when he's on kind of like this game. Again, five innings, um, two earned runs, 95 pitches, you know, I it was one bad pitch. I mean, he gave yeah. a, a two-run home run, one bad pitch. Other than that, you're looking at a, a shutout, yeah. um, zero runs over five. So a guy that has the capability and has the ability but just consistently hasn't been able to put it together. So Dylan Peters, you know, can be a guy that, again, when he's your fifth, sixth, or a guy in the in the minor leagues that can come up and bring you depth, that's a really good position to have. He's He just can't be the number three, two, three guy in your rotation because he's not that. But doing what he did against a good A's offensively-minded A's team was a really uh, good sign. Yeah, it, it, good game, way to pitch, uh, Dylan Peters. He, he's been a surprise for me this year. Kind of was not even in anybody's radar. Or not on my radar, definitely not anybody else's, I think. And it's come in and, and give the Angels some solid innings. Like you said, consistency is key for him. I mean, he's, he's learning on the fly, too. Um, let's head into Wednesday's game. This was a close game. This is a game where the Angels actually had the lead in the ninth. But they blew it. They blew a two-one, two-to-one lead. The ace scored two runs in the top of the ninth to secure the victory. The Angels lose this one, this one three-to-two. Heaney got the start. He went five and a third, six hits, one and run, two walks, seven strikeouts. I thought he did fine. Again, it was just one of those days where the ball, the, you know, actually rolled this, um, blew the save, and it happens. These games happen. But it was a three-to-two game. It was a close game, one-run game. Yeah, it was a really close game. You got Ward hitting his first home run of the year. Um, like you mentioned, Robles came in the ninth with a one-run lead, gives a two-run home run to the Chapman. So, again, not exactly a scrub or anything like that. No. But, you know, um, Robles has been on a really big streak late, uh, recently. I mean, before that uh, home run, he went 17 and a third inning scoreless. And for a closure, that's exactly what you want. Yeah, you're going to get touched every once in a while, especially if you're a high-velocity guy and there's not exactly – you don't need a lot of force to put it out of the park. You know, you just need to make contact. And – the fact he was able to go, you know, more than 17 innings without getting up a run, I think shows not only his maturity as as a pitcher, because when he got brought in last year, there was a lot of questions of why, because he was a waiver claim. You know, mm-hmm. why did he get bring in? Why is he playing the bull? Why is he in the bullpen? But I think it shows maturity there and a maturity just to be able to um, get at least a lot of these hard outs because he's in. He's been in, you know, high leverage situation and he's been um, very consistent, very reliable this year for the for the Angels who. Had an idea who their closure was going to be at the at the beginning of the year, but you know Robles kind of took that and and made it his own. Yeah, for sure. Good, you know, like like we say, it hasn't happened often. I think Robles has done a fine job this season. It shows in his stats. And again, a guy like you said came out of nowhere to become the closer of this team. Hats off to you. He had a great season. Um, all right, heading into Thursday's game. Uh, yesterday, as we record on a Friday's game against Houston Astros, Berea got the start. He went four and a third. Four hits, three runs, two walks, four Ks. He left the game early. Um, we'll see about that. Angels jump ahead early on uh, Kevin Smith, two-run double. Um, let's see. What do I have here? Two-run double, yeah. 12-inning uh, game. I mean, it was a yeah. really long game. They had a three, The Angels had a 3-1 lead, and then that would quickly go away as they, you know, they, they made the comeback. Uh, it was 3-1 in the 12th when Simba would ground a ball. Now, hard-hit ground ball to a first baseman. Now the Angels have the winning run at third base. Andrelton Simmons will be the batter. And the pitch, he grounds the ball off the glove of the first baseman. Tucker, it'll roll into right field, and the ball game is over. And that would do it as the Angels walk off on a, like I said, hard hit grounder that got past the first baseman. 
Uh, the run scored from third. The Angels win this one four to three. Right now, he'd be saying, we're nasty. So they continue to play pretty decent against these tough teams here at the end. No, and I like that because, I mean, if you follow Angels Twitter and Angel fans online, a lot of people were complaining about the team has no heart, the team's quit on the season, blah, 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 and stuff like that. And I think it shows when, you know, you're in a 12-inning game, um, if you're going to quit or if you don't care about the season, you're just going to, you know, whatever happens, happens. You're going to try to get out of there as quick as you can for as long as you can. And the fact they went 12 innings, um, 10 pitchers used in this game, though, I mean, that's pretty crazy just because, um, you know, I I guess that's part of September call-ups is that you're going to be able to use pitchers left and right, pitchers left and right, just because of the fact that you have so many people in the bullpen. But 10 pitchers um, out of the bullpen, 10 pitchers total, and then out of the bullpen, you got – Seven and two-thirds inning, eight hits, zero earned runs, seven Ks. So, again, against a very good Astros team who, you know, we mentioned earlier when they were in Houston, they won the West. But right now they're still competing with the Yankees to win the um, home field advantage and even home field throughout the playoffs regardless of the World Series. So definitely a good win. It's always good to have that kind of energy and and have a walk-off, especially towards the end of the year when, you know, maybe things aren't going the right way in the way you uh, expected. Um. That does it for the week. They got a couple wins in there, three wins actually in this week. So that's good. As opposed to the one or zero that we've been getting as of late. As far as news is concerned, not too much other than a few things here and there. Um, what do you got for us? I mean, Brian for? Goodwin left the game Thursday with back stiffness. Um, not in the lineup today, I don't believe. Friday night. Whether or not he comes back, you know, for the end of the year again after today, there's only two more games left. So yeah. it might be one of those things where. I think he's Shut proved his point, and, and he's done really, really well for the Angels this year. And a guy that, again, one kind of like what we're talking about with Robles, a guy that was expected to do nothing, just a – he was out of work. He got released from, from I believe, the Royals, and then uh, a couple days later, the Angels pick him up. You know, again, competing for that fourth outfielder spot and won it eventually – and is now, you know, depending on what happens with the Cole situation, could very easily be the opening day starter out in right field next year. And then, two, Jaime Barea left the game Thursday with a right toe blister, something that's been bugging him all year. Um, he had this issue, like I said, earlier in the year, and they, they thought they had it figured out. They gave him some special um, insoles for his shoe, but I guess the blister came back up. This was his last start of the year, so um, he's done. Again, no... Two games left, three games left, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, there's, you know, let that kind of just heal and, and not worry about it. Um, good news, though, one a uh, little bit of good news. Uh, La Stella has been activated for this weekend and, and is in the lineup tonight, DHing. So, boom, boom. So that is definitely something good to see, especially the way he had uh, been on a roll before he got injured. But, uh, you know, hopefully he gets. You know, just I mean, don't expect much. Again, no rehab assignment, nothing like that. So he uh, is coming in cold for the most part, and just the fact that he's out there is pretty cool. But I wouldn't yeah. expect I anything think it's too super, crazy. Super cool to see him out there, especially the way it ended. Like you know, yeah, it ended for him uh, just before the All Star game. Uh, he was still being it. named All Star at the time. You know, I think he was tied for the team lead in home runs with Mike Trout when it happened. Obviously, we know on the route the route that Trout would take, but he was, he, you know, I, I wouldn't have expected him to finish with 40 home runs, but close to 25 home runs and around that 75, 80, 80 RBI mark. Uh, I, you know, probably projected him finishing, but unfortunately it didn't work out. But it's it's awesome to see him at least get a few more at-bats here to see, just to get him back in, just to say, hey, that didn't end the season. He's able to. Well, no, back. and I think it's cool, too, that the fans will be able to see him too, because yeah. I, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe when the injury happened, it was on the road. So yeah. um, the fans can see him again, give him, a, uh, you know, give him some good applause being out there and just kind of toughening it out and having a great year um, for the angels that again, and we've talked about it with Robles and, and Goodwin, these guys that are just kind of picked up either through waivers or through trades for cash in a, you know, a, a D level minor leaguer. And yet they come in and produce for the angels. If, if Stella's in the lineup all year long, I'm not saying the Angels are going to make the playoffs because the pitching is by far the issue, but um, they definitely win a couple more games. They definitely maybe have um, more of an offensive presence, him being in the lineup every day. So um, it'd be interesting to see how they use him and what his role is going to be going into next season and when they get to spring training. Yeah, especially the way Fletcher's been playing lately. 
it's almost one of those deals where like, all right, guys, go out there and see who can prove themselves, you know. Now, uh, Fletcher's been amazing these last couple, at least the last month. I don't think he's batted under like 280 the whole season, which is freaking great. And every time he goes up to bat, he's going to make contact. So he's making me eat crow a little bit. I always kind of said that I didn't see him being anything more than a utility guy, but he's proven that he can play out there every day and it doesn't, he doesn't get, it doesn't get any better other than Simba than Fletcher with the glove out there either. So it's a very sure-handed guy to have, uh, defensively as well. So that just kind of puts icing on the cake. So, um, yeah. And, and two, before we go to the commercials, um, Arizona Fall League, you've heard us talk about it. You've actually probably heard some of our interviews with guys that are currently down there. So just, you know, kind of a quick, they're about a week and a half, almost two weeks into it. Um, you got Brandon Marsh where he playing outfield. They've been moving him around center field, right field, left field, but he's batting 474 right now. You know, a couple RBIs. Uh, these are real small sample size. So even with the good, I wouldn't take it too seriously. But even even with the bad, I wouldn't take it too seriously either. But uh, he's played four games, which I think is the most important part is him getting games and getting out there. You got Jemiah Jones, also uh, a past guest. He's batting 500 right now. Um, a guy that's putting the ball in play a lot. Um, power numbers, RBI numbers aren't exactly really there, but he is um, putting the ball in play and in, and getting on base. Um, Joe Adele struggled a little bit. Again, wouldn't take it too seriously, but he did hit a home run on Wednesday night for his first home run of the fall league. Some of the pitchers to keep an eye on that we've talked to, Isaac Matson's gone three and a third uh, innings, uh, zero runs, only two hits. A guy that, if you listen to the interview I did with him, he has shot up the um, the system starting out in Inland Empire the beginning of this year and ended up in Salt Lake. So a guy that would definitely keep an eye out for. Um, you know he's doing it really well. Uh, another one to another one we talked to Austin Austin Warren and he was our last week again four and a third only giving up one run. So um, some of these guys are uh, coming out of the bullpen and they're actually doing really really well to keep an eye out for again. I wouldn't really worry too much one way or the other if it's super good or super bad. Yeah. The whole idea is to yeah. get them out there, get innings, get at bats. Mm-hmm. And the fact that a lot of these guys are doing that, you know, there's a game going on right now as we speak. So um, it's cool just to kind of keep up with that and to see how they do. And, and it's, you know, pretty much it's almost like an all-star game. These guys are, are yeah. really, really good. These guys that they're playing with and playing um, against are, you know, some of the best minor leaguers in the in the system. Yeah, in the, in and, the, uh, major league, and it's just really about, like you said, getting at bats. We get yeah, inbox questions, and you posted the the home run by Joe Adele um, the other night, and someone said, "Hopefully, this is the beginning of a hot streak." And I answered back with, "Hot streak or not, it's about getting at bats, getting playing time, continuing to develop." And like you said, don't worry too much about how bad they're doing. Don't worry too much about how good they're doing. It's it's just good to, that they're out there while the other guys aren't. You know, guys, got, the season's over. And these guys are out there playing at a at a high level. They're playing against high level guys, um, and getting their at bats, getting their workouts in, getting seeing more pitches, getting better defensively, being able to learn as they play. The more they play, the better for them. So again, guys, don't 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 stress that Joe Adele was over his last or whatever. People were were kind of ready to jump off the roof, or yeah, it was, it was not relaxed. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for news and notes and the week in review. We're going to take a commercial break, but before we do, uh, I'd like to talk to you guys about our sponsor, My Bookie. It's a new season. Antonio Brown got released by the Patriots. That's right. Um, Navy on bound the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. And one thing that hasn't changed is where I'm putting my money down on all the games, and that's My Bookie is a place to bet on football every weekend. My Bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win $100,000 and only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend this service to my listeners that have been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the under over on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now to get up to $200 in free bets. Use promo code, code armchair to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Don't forget to use the promo code armchair uh, when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid.
what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. This is Hood Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And we are back. Thank you to our sponsors. Uh, go ahead and check out all our sponsors. They're the ones that help us out with this podcast that we got going on. All right, so it's about that time. It's everyone's favorite segment of the show. It is back for its triumphant return. It is time for Curator's Chronicles. It truly is a beautiful day for a ball game. This is the Curator here with another edition of Curator's Chronicles. After about a month hiatus, at least, I think, I'm back. Um, we're going all the way back to the great year of 2006. Uh, the Angels did not win the division that year, uh, but they had a streak going in. Before that, we kind of got used to that in the, you know, the mid-2000s, like it was almost a perennial thing for the Angels to take home the pennant. But this day in Angels baseball history, September 27th, uh, out of the book, uh, of course, done by the Angels Journal, John Snyder, um, Tim Salmon, whoop, whoop. I know you love him, John, Tim Salmon collects his 299th career home run in the first inning of the 6-5 to five win over the Rangers at Angels Stadium. Uh, Salmon missed... All of 2005 with injuries, returned for one final campaign in 2006. He batted 265 with nine home runs and 211 bats in 76 games. Uh, when Salmon struck home run number 299, he had already decided to retire at the end of the season. His quest for this 300th home run fell short. And he is one of only a few major leaguers uh, to end their career that close, but he's the only one to ever end their career with 299 career home runs. Ricky Henderson ended his career with 297, Robin Ventura 294, and Kent Herbeck on the Twins 293. So, would you uh, would you have come back to get that 300th? No, I think it's pretty cool that he ended at 299. I think that's a nice little tidbit of information that people are kind of, you know, I didn't finish with a round number. I finished at 299, and that's always something that he's going to get asked. And it's going to, it's going to, I feel like it makes it special. 299. I don't know. Okay. So right now, obviously, Trout's done for the year. He's sitting on 285 home runs <laughs> career. What month? Again, uh, so I'm guessing like we'll put like, I think they start like in late March, April. So we'll put those, that part together. What month do you think? Mid-May. You think mid-May he, he passes it, he gets that 300? Because think about it. I mean, Trout can go on a tear where he can hit 10 home runs in a month, but that's really hard to do. It really is. 10 home runs in a month is hard to do. Okay, and then So the, he's got to hit 12. My bigger question. So Tim Salmon's always been called Mr. Angel, right? Right. Is he the greatest angel of all time right now? Uh, Right now still, yeah. Right now. Yeah. So uh, Trout... No, I'm not even putting Trout You're not even the putting Trout Because you still got Garrett Anderson who leads the team in every offensive category still. So if Trout, you're, you're saying all time, yeah, oh, yeah, not yet. So Trout when surpasses Trout, in like three years, Trout's going to be the best. Two years, he surpasses uh, Salmon, Salmon Anderson, next year, two ninety nine. Oh yeah, is he? Yeah, already there oh, for sure. Yeah, he's on the route. No, I think I think I think Sam or uh, Trout's already there. I mean, literally. Okay, if you said, you know, let's, let's say whatever happened, he's like, you know what, I'm going to retire. Blah blah blah. If he retires tomorrow, all right, at the end of the year, right? Are you telling me that he's not a better player than Salmon? 
Um, MVPs and everything. Stat, stat wise, no. But pound for, okay, pound no, for no, pound, no. obviously he's better than pretty well, much. Well, no, anyone. I mean you're, now, now you're talking about athleticism, yeah. everything. Of course, he's yeah, a freak yeah. athlete. But he's as far better, as career, you're, but no, you're, but, not yet. But what do you base on career? Like you're based on stats, or you're basing it on just how good he is? Or I know MVPs and everything. But did Salmon ever dominate a single year, let alone a stretch of five or six? No. Well, no. then how are you going to say that? Then his five or six stretch year stretch. Is better than Sam's total career, no? But pure domination. Pure I domination. Mean, you don't think so? Domination. I mean, I, what are you basing? You're, if, if you're basing, like, what Im- you basing? impact on the game, impact on games. Uh, it's it's hard. Sam Sam was, was running the Angels yeah, back when like there was not a lot to, but it's hard, not it's, a lot of it's hope. It's hard to say that because the way baseball was at that time when it, when in like '92 when he started, I mean, it was. The best player, I mean, Ken Griffey Jr. was just coming up, so he was like the trout. But the Angels had nothing before him. Like, that stretch between, like, Wally Joyner was their best player, and he wasn't even that great. He had, like, a two-year span. And then there comes this guy named Tim Salmon who kind of started putting the Angels back on the map. Like, he put them on the map. First guy to ever win. Angels won no awards uh, you, until Tim you Salmon can, won You can go to Denny's and buy a Grand Slam, and you can get a Tim Salmon but that's what I'm saying. People, hologram. Before that, know, there was nothing. People don't know that because that's not part of their daily. Like, Salmon had an impact that Trout wouldn't be able to have. Like, if if Trout was in – oh, my God. If Trout was playing in, in Salmon's era – then he would have brought took the Angels to a whole other level. I get that. But it's just hard to say, like, oh, because of this and that. Because Trout's in an era where instant, like, we're talking about Angel memorabilia and Angel gear. Like, back in the day, you just didn't get it. And now, you know, it's available to everybody. So, it's just hard to say, like, if I'm, I'm just going to base it on stats. That's well, it. Okay. And and you can use that this war stat for whatever you want. I mean, you can use it for... Really. You can use it... I mean, it's, it's kind of... So... Tim Salmon's career war, 40.5. Okay? 40.5. Trout's 72.5. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, take that. And that doesn't measure just RBIs, hits, home runs. That measures everything. I mean, at a certain point, you know, Salmon's defensively, you know, at tw- I mean, towards the end, obviously, it was probably more of a liability than anything else. At the end, but at the beginning of his career, he was one of the best. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever. But I'm saying, but he never yeah. played center field. The more, no. more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? More uh, crucial off field position. I mean, you right. put your best guys right, there. Right, right, Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. I know. I know all these stats, but like, yeah, I'm not arguing who's, yeah, a, who's a better player. His great, like you're talking about straight. Greatness, athleticism, like Mike Trout's better than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah, and, you know, and, and I've always in said, about half the time served. Yeah, of, of Salmon, course, he's of already course. about to eclipse yeah, his numbers. Yeah. but yeah, but right now I'm like, uh, Sam, the Sam, like, like, the thing years, I really yeah. enjoy about Salmon is he sure. was always an angel. Yeah, and like Trout's gonna always, Matt, Trout's yeah. always gonna be an angel, uh, which I respect that. So yeah, I'm not gonna deny the greatness of Mike Trout at all. But um, you know, but also you have to throw Garrett Anderson in the mix because that guy. And it was an angel. His, he wasn't an angel his whole life, but God, he played fourteen seasons and pr- yeah. produced everything. He played like what two? He two, played two, two, two Braves, two years with the Braves, and a year with the uh, the Dodgers. And that's just kind of like that. That yeah, that was him not ready to retire. But um, but you got to you got to throw Garrett Anderson in the mix for like because all the offensive numbers, and then you know you can't forget the championship run. He he had some clutch hits in there. Obviously, the game when he hit in Game Seven, so people aren't gonna forget Garrett Anderson, but. Yeah, uh, damn it, Chris. You're fine with 299. I'm fine with 299. It's a special number. Let me Could he go out there right now and hit one? No, nah, he can't. No, no, nah, there's no way. I don't. He looks pretty young, man. Nah, nah. This guy has an age. Nah, nah. I, I mean, with the balls nowadays, who knows? He oh, maybe. Gonna, I mean, it, well, well, it depends. <laughs> I'm about to say, depending on what um, what ball we're using. Three thirty. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're talking. We're talking like a 95 ball, then or a 90 or uh, 2000 ball. Maybe not. Uh, 2019, 2020 With this ball, ball in Colorado, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Someone throw it. Well, I'm not going to say throw 100, but because he's probably not going to get his hands around because that 100 will supply a lot of the power. Yeah, but anyway. All right. Well, that does it for this uh, week's Curator Chronicles, or this year's. Let's go. <laughs> the afternoon off. It's a beautiful day. All right, so let's get into our live feed and our questions. 
Uh, you guys, again, if you guys want to send in a question, you guys can always send it to allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Or, of course, you guys can uh, hit us up on Instagram. That's Halo underscore Haven. Same thing on Twitter. Always look for us on there. We're always asking you guys to send in your questions. We always like to answer them the best as we can. We're not saying we know everything, but, hey, if you guys send us a question, we feel a little important. Right, Daniel? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel important anyways. I always feel important. I'm Johnny Big Time. So, all right, let's get into our emails from our um, email questions, which is uh, podcast at gmail.com again. And this one comes from Duncan Healy. He said, hey there, guys. So you guys were asking what you guys should do better, and I say don't change a thing. I feel like too much would be overload. There's other Angels podcasts that have that have popped up that do shows on the frequent, more frequently but lack the substance. Too much can be too much if you once a week. Once a week is perfect. So thanks for the feedback. We did ask you guys. Uh, oh yeah, feedback. especially coming into the off season. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we're gonna start talking about more and more about what we can do um, going into the 2020 season. But uh, I think a, a good thing too is that we were able now to start getting more and more of these interviews. So um, we've gotten good response from that. So expect more <laughs> interviews also as we get. I don't know bigger or slightly bigger, um, being able to meet some of these guys face to face and get our name out there. So definitely look out for that. Uh, the once a week thing is cool. Maybe we'll drop. Like I said, right now we're doing twice a week with one of them being a interview podcast. So maybe that's the the winning formula. But we'll mm-hmm. definitely have to sit around and talk. And, and we really appreciate the feedback from everyone that is um, you know emailing us or sending them us to, uh, direct messages and all that stuff. And I know I get it. It's hard to email when the angels are just not there. I think. Honestly, if we were a better team and a playoff fund, I think we'd have more questions. We'd be to blowing ask, up, you know, like what's the rotation going to be like for the playoffs and all this stuff. And our Angels are only two games back. Oh, that's the kind of stuff I like. I think what three years ago when we first started, we were right in the mix in that when they signed when they we traded for Upton. I remember we were recording and they traded for Upton and, and Phillips. Yeah, and Phillips. That was exciting like that, because yeah. they were they were within like well, five games. And kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Um, it's. I don't think the Angels are too far off. I think, obviously, pitching is the main thing. They get some front-line pitchers. They get some good pitchers. Offensively, I don't think they're that far off. Uh, you might, like you said, make some tweaks here and there. Um, but offensively, I think they're, they're – I mean, you get a, a healthy trout, a full-time Otani. You get, you know, if Upton goes through the whole offseason healthy, some of these guys are going to be able to produce um, – Fletcher has been a very good surprise about him getting on base and him coming through it in a lot of clutch situations. So offensively, I think we're good. Um, pitching, if they get pitching. I think next year will will be a very interesting year. Yeah, pitching, 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 and then even more pitching. Um, we got one more question at our email. Uh, comes from Edward Viscaino. He said, "What's going on, guys? Season winding down. Bittersweet for sure. Hey, how about doing a show? Doing doing shows during the off season that you guys maybe." Top five angels at each position or top ten angels moments, something like that. Maybe include soundbites for each moment and keep it monthly or biweekly at season's end. I wouldn't do them every week. Just do them during the season. Um, do weeklies during the season. Keep it up, guys. Well, that's pretty interesting. We did one two years ago. Was it? We did we a doing? couple. Um, was it last year where we did like all-time team or something? Yeah, like an all-time team of that was the 2000s. Pretty, yeah, that was pretty cool. So, yeah, we can do that. that was I, I, I did a thing online on our Instagram, Halo underscore Haven. Um, best out – I think it was what? Best center fielder? No, best outfielder Outfield. not named Trout. Yeah, because um, obviously. That, that would have been a runaway. So, yeah. maybe stuff like that we can do. As far as off-season stuff and kind of like what we said before, um, we would – you know, we love doing, we'd love doing interviews. So, um, maybe you hear us – doing this maybe once a month and maybe dropping maybe two or three, maybe one or two interview podcasts throughout the month to Mm -hmm. kind of keep you guys listening. But again, we're going to start reaching out to guys now that the season's kind of winding down and these guys don't have the restrictions of, you know, game at seven and this and that. Um, That'd be really cool. So look for that. Definitely in the off season, you'll hear us at least once a month and hopefully be able to drop an interview podcast, maybe once or twice uh, a month, depending on, again schedules and see who we can get but we definitely love the fact that we are um able to talk to a lot of these guys yeah that's all we got for um our questions on the email front on all angels podcast at gmail.com guys that's all angels podcast at gmail.com those are sent to our uh email inbox so we're always going to get those i know on instagram um we may skip some here and there just because um we have the question, the questions, and we got you know. We're just trying to fit them all in. Um, did we? Do we have any 
from the did you ask if anyone need a question or one of them chris is working the camera so i don't have control of it right now but um one of the things that i wanted to ask and, and to see what you're thinking about um texas rangers last night i don't know if you saw that um was it lance lynn well anyways their starting pitcher was like had 199 strikeouts ah uh-huh. so okay. counts one 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 of the guys from Boston pops fly. It should be caught. It's in, it's in foul territory. He admittedly tells his first baseman, "Let it go." So he, lets he it, so he did. The so pitcher, he, the Lance pitchers, Landon. Lance. I think I don't want to say the wrong pitcher, but I or, think okay, the pitcher. The pitcher. I'm gonna look it up right now. But anyways, um, he said he told the first baseman, "Let it drop." So he let it drop. Next pitch, call strike three. Gets his two hundredth uh, strikeout of the year. Um, Gets pulled like right after because he was at like a 103, 104 pitch count. Do you have a problem with him getting his 200th strikeout that way, or is that kind of like Bush League? I feel like unwritten rules kind of deal. No, I, I'm, I hate being, I, I don't like being that, you know, get off my porch baseball fan, but I will for a minute here. When a guy knows his stats like that, like 200 isn't really that important. Like if it was number 300. That's what I was saying. I'm like 200. I'm I like, like I'm come like, on, dude. Like that is to me, it's a little. Bushy. Verlander and Garrett Cole are laughing. Like why they? Why? Yeah, yeah. Garrett exactly. Cole and Verlander are laughing. I'm like, oh, cute. You yeah. got? I got 300. Um, and and in Strasburg last night too. He's one guy that gets a, a 250 strikeout. So it's like, I, I, it's just. I think the number is stupid. Um, him knowing that is kind of dumb, and I think it shows where why kids these days are so caught up in you know, appearance and uh, stats and bat flips. It was stuff, Mike. Which is fine. It I was, it was Mike minor. I don't mind fucking Mike minor. I don't mind the bat flips and stuff like that. But when it becomes, um, to the point where like this, where I'm one strike away from 200, like Chris just said, you're supposed to strike out 200 guys in a season. If you're a starting pitcher, you know, that's just kind of ridiculous. I hate being this guy, but I don't think I'm too crazy. When I say that's kind of bush league, I think that I think that was kind of stupid. Again, three hundred, maybe three hundred say or three hundred strikeouts, maybe two hundred. Nah, man, yeah, that's that's dumb. Yeah, it was kind of one of those talking points uh, today. You heard on like either talk radio or, or different podcasts. So I was interested to see how that goes. Um, you know, as we're, as we're Chris is doing the Instagram live, we're talking right here. Heads up. Dropping Monday morning again, like we've said, we've been doing a lot of interview podcasts uh, Mondays uh, that come out Mondays. The next one I did today, so it's already in in the computer ready to go for for a drop. Um, Kyle Radish, one of Angels, I think he's the, I think he's the twenty first prospect in Angels organization. I talked to him today, so we will be able to. Um, I'll put that out Monday morning, so definitely check that out. Um, a guy that, you know, again, Angels, another starting pitcher working through his way through the system, just finished his first full year of professional baseball. So it was cool to, to talk with him a little bit. Again, um, he's the interview podcast. You know, the minor league guys are really cool to talk to and, and kind of get to know as they work their way up through the system. Um, if you have any kind of like a minor leaguer or a guy that you – you want to know about or maybe we could try to get uh, reach out to us again halo underscore haven um uh, is on our twitter and our instagram that's a good way of reaching out and also all angels podcast at gmail.com yeah kyle is a guy that i interviewed at the beginning of the season entering his first full season as a professional great guy to talk to um was more than receptive and uh uh yeah guys check check it out um so we do have a question uh here key and wong or david flesher at, at second base um, Kian Wong again, a, a guy yeah. that that got picked up off of waivers um, during during the beginning of the or the middle of the week. Um, just got on, just played a little bit for the Angels uh, yesterday when Fletcher went out. Uh, the pitch ran and then moved to second. Yeah, he. Um, I don't think he's like in the mix or anything. We talked about La Stella coming back next year. Fletcher's making it hard on everybody in the infield, especially a guy like Zach Cozart. Um, so, uh, Wong to me is just one of those guys that comes in in late September. We might see him here and there, but it's Fletch. I mean, it's obviously it's Fletch. Um, he might be a guy who, again, we kind of talked about it earlier. Uh, Hansel Robles, same kind of signing at the end of the year. P- people have to make moves. And so he got, um, put on waivers and it picked up Hansel Robles. Now, is he going to be a guy that can add depth if someone gets hurt? Yeah, but it's definitely a, 
let's see how this goes and maybe he surprises us kind of deal we got a uh question on instagram live uh from justin football 08 you think cole do you think calhoun gets re-signed um well we talked about this a lot already um no uh, just just because of the amount of money and the fact that you've had the emergence of a good win, you have Joe Adele waiting in the wings. Uh, and $13 million is a, yeah, lot of a, money, lot of money. a lot of money to put towards a pitcher that you desperately need. Um, King J. Ray, right, um, on Instagram, he says, why don't the Angels bat Trout third? And I think this – I mean, we've heard this before – the higher in the lineup a guy bats, the more at-bats he gets. So you want your best right. player to get more at-bats. I, I understand third is yeah. – And I think, too, the new philosophy about it, too, it's not necessarily where you bat. It's who's around you. Um, because you you bat second or third or even leadoff, for that matter, you're only guaranteed to bat in that spot that one time through the lineup. Mm-hmm. If you bat second or third, okay, cool, that first inning you bat. But then you're next up in the third or whatever inning. Now you could be batting the leadoff because right. that's how the inning starts. Um, so I'm not too worried about where in the back of the lineup. You put them second because traditionally you – or not traditionally, but you want your best player in that second spot. Yeah, you want absolutely. someone on base. Yeah. Um, get him more at bats. I think they did something – they did something uh, like a – I don't want to say research word, or uh, is a word I'm looking for, but they did some investigating into it. And that second and third spot, I think you get an, an extra like – I want to say like 50 at-bats, 45 at-bats per year, just from second to third. And, and yeah. obviously you want your best player to be that and get that extra at-bats. I, I love him batting second. I really do. Um, let's see. Justin Football 8 again. He says, if Calhoun leaves, you think Adele gets a call-up? That's the question that kind of seems to be. I think, I think, I think eventually he does. Yeah, do he I does. think he breaks the, the, the opening day lineup? No. I think if you have like – you can have like two different questions. And I think we talked about this before. Who plays the most next year in right field and who is opening day starter next year in right field are two different things. I think Cole – or not Cole. I think Goodwin starts the season in right field. And I think by the time the end of the year happens, I think Joe ends up being more of the um, at-bats, gets more playing time at at right field. Yeah. Again, Joe Adele – is super young. So don't be surprised if he doesn't make the opening day roster because he got called up with what? Two weeks left in the season, maybe three weeks. Right. And you want to see AAA. him do more in a triple A. And yeah, again, and, and I don't want to be that business guy, but if you hold him out for two or three more weeks, when yeah. the season starts, you get an extra year in the back. Vladimir end. Guerrero Jr. Sound yeah. familiar. You get an extra year in the back end of his contract, yeah. which is as, as a business, as angels business, that, it makes That's, sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. And, and, you know, he just turned 20 in April. He's still super young. Yeah. Not everyone can come onto the scene. Not everybody's Mike Trout. And and blow it up right away. So, yeah, okay, wait. If you wait till he's, like like I said, 21 – Oh wow, that's that's horrible. But if he even gets brought up like in June or July, like All Star break, I think I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Again, no. he's going to be twenty one when the season starts next year, or pretty close when the season starts next year. I mean, it, it he, let this kind of mature and 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 let him play some triple A ball and let him see some of those um, pitchers that have been in the major leagues and maybe are trying to get back in the major leagues. Those guys have something to prove, and I think that's really good. Uh, a test for him, especially starting the season, and like I said, you know, maybe a month, maybe two months before he gets to the Angels. Another question from Justin Football Man, you're on a roll here, man. What happens to Ward? Will he be traded? I think we missed a boat on trading t- Taylor Ward uh, two oh, seasons fuck, ago. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I yeah. agree with that completely. I think now you you don't get much in return. I think had you have traded him two years ago when he was one of the top prospects in the Angels organization, they could have. Gotten at least some solid, decent pitching, maybe some bullpen arms or something. Yeah, I think now, I don't think he has any kind of trade value. And even now, the time he has been brought up during this during September, again, only hitting his first home run a couple couple games or three games ago, I think is a big, a big deal where he wasn't able to um, consistently produce, consistently um, be able to – uh, hit power, and I think that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Taylor Ward, uh, you know, making the transition from catcher to third base too as well, that was something that, you know, he had to work on. Maybe he might have slowed down his process. Um, but I think there's still a lot of, like, holes in his in his game and his swing. He's got a really long swing. He's not much of a, 
I, I don't see him as a contact kind of guy. Um, he's one of those guys that's you're, it's either hit or miss, hit or miss with them. And like I said, they missed their boat on, on, on getting some good value in return for him. I think at his peak, when he was still not even uh, making his major league debut, there was a lot of talk around Taylor Ward. And I think at that time, we even spoke to Taylor Blake Ward. And I think he was in agreement with us about, you know, maybe flipping him at that time. And they didn't flip him. And, well, here we are talking about it now. Kind of a little too late. We missed the boat on it. So it is what it is on that on that note. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of guys out there that are going to be able to flip in the offseason. Like, I don't know. You know, Lestellas could be a guy they can flip if they really feel comfortable with the whole Renhefo, Fletcher, Simmons, kind of that being the middle infield next year. Um, you still need a question at third base. Uh, the Angels have, don't have a lot of tradable, prospe- tradable uh, major league pieces right now unless you really want to dip into some, you know, um, like Joe Adele and, 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 and Ward and all that stuff. So, Or not Ward, um, Adele, Marsh. Those are going to be your trade tips. I just don't know if they want to um, separate themselves yet. Yeah, um, but then you're, it's always hard to see see them go. Like somebody like Marsh, who's going to bring in value. Like you kind of want to see what he's going to do. Obviously, he's a talent. Jemai Jones, again, a lot of talent. We see what he can do at the minor league level. You kind of want to see that flourish at the major league level. But then again, I think Ward is in a different ship than like a Marsh and a Jemai and Joe because I, I don't think he was – Although he was at the point, it was a top prospect in the Angels organization. I don't think he's as good a prospect as the guys that we mentioned before, like a Marsh and all that. So, eh, you know, I don't see the Angels moving key minor league prospects um, now uh, unless they are able to get something really good. Um, let's see. Bray Ray? Bray Ray? Uh, just a... Uh, just a guy concerned about the culture of the ball club and how the future is going to be panning out. I mean, I, that's understandable. Like, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say that you, your concerns are unwarranted. I think they, they, they make complete sense. I think, um, I think they, um, I think they, you know, I, Angels got to prove that they can spend money, but spend money wisely. They spent money. I mean, they have, but now you just got to prove that they can do it wisely and do it on the right guys and hopefully with a Garrett Cole hopefully with like a secondary pitcher to add depth to that position they can do it but um, it's completely understandable it's completely understandable why fans would feel that way yeah for sure I mean but if you follow it close enough you you know that this organization has jumped uh, leaps and bounds from where they were minor league wise minor league wise what five years ago five years ago six years ago I mean Uh, I mean I don't want to like I don't want to talk crap about anybody, but you look at someone like Caleb Cowart. Um, well, like I said, like five, six years ago, he was like the top one of the top five prospects in the Angels organization. Look how that worked out. <laughs> Same thing with with Taylor Ward. Yeah, you, you know, and it's not their fault. It's it's expectation when Ward gets taken in the first round. Maybe he could have went to the second round or something like that. The expectations are put on him right away. And, right. And how does that affect the guy's psyche? I have no clue, but. Um, you know, now they seem like they got it going with the with the farm system with with Joe Adele being the number four prospect in all of baseball. Um, Brandon Marsh just being right outside that top one hundred, and you got guys like Jordan Adams and Jeremiah Jackson. You got you know Isaac Matson. I would love to see him crack the Angels top thirty next year. Um, again, like we said, he he's been killing it. He's been shooting through the through the organization at all three levels this year. So a guy that maybe perhaps could break. Um, with the team at some point next year in the bullpen. Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of quality quality guys at the minor league system. Again, don't look for the Angels to like move any of these guys or expect them to. I hope get, not. Get I, hope don't, I hope they don't. I hope they don't. I don't hope. I hope they don't get super greedy and start. And I don't think they will. I think Epler is. He's smart. He's, he's smart, smart enough to know. Way. Like I don't think he'll you know trade a Marsh and maybe a secondary. Um, P uh, prospect for you know uh, uh, MLB guy. Like I don't think that's the right right move. I think you have enough money. I think you have enough resources to go after some of these guys in the free agent market. And then 
if they strike out, if for whatever reason they don't get these guys, then yeah, I think now you are all hands on deck and let's see how what we can do to get this team better. But I wouldn't want them to trade any of these prospects until they at least try to get some of these free agents. And if they don't get them, then yeah, then they have to do something. Um, they get to get pitchers in there. I mean, that's the biggest thing with this team. They have to get pitchers in, but definitely I'd rather them go to the free agency market first before they start doing that. Absolutely. So a lot to be done in the off season. We'll see where it goes. Um, I think, I think our next podcast, are we going to do top players or well, next, MVPs? Well, next so? year or next, next year, next podcast will be next week for sure. We'll, you know, we'll recap the final handful of game, or games or three games, three Friday, games. Saturday, Sunday, yeah, yeah. but then also will be our end of the year reward awards. So we'll, um, if you're listening to this, send emails, send messages. We kind of want to get your feedback. The topic or the, I guess the categories this year will probably be MVP. And I don't know. We'll talk. We can get this, do this whole production meeting right now, uh, live on air. Production meeting. Um, MVP, not named Trout, can be a category because I think if we go to MVP, I think that's going to be an automatic. Yeah. Um, so we'll go MVP, not named Trout. Best. Usually we do like best pitcher. We'll do rookie of the year. We'll do newcomer of the year, which means, um, you know, it could be Lestella. It could be good one. Someone that's not a quote unquote rookie, but someone that is new to the Angels this season. It could be, you know, even 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 Robles. I mean, obviously he was with the Angels last year, but his sample size was so tiny. I think he'd be able to fit in that category. But again, so we'll probably do like MVP, not named Trout. We'll do pitcher of the year. We'll do uh, rookie of the year. We'll do um, and actually the Angels had a, quite a bit of rookies this year, so that category will be pretty full and then this newcomer of the year yeah uh we got a question from justin football again say any info on uh good good places to stay my girlfriend and i are going to spring training for the first time he also followed that up with what parks to go check out so definitely stay in in, in bloomington or mesa mesa what's down tatiana uh no um we've done it a couple times yeah uh we did an airbnb the the three of us plus uh my wife and her friend um, and that was awesome. That was a place to go. Um, as far as stadiums to go, um, I say Salt River Field. Salt River Field was really good, and so place. was so was Mesa where the Cubs play. That Sloan Park. Sloan Park was yep. awesome. I mean, you always got to make a trip out to, to Tempe Diablo. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit on the older side as far as because a lot of those stadiums are, are are like either either brand new or renovated. Um, Camelback's a good one. Chris said Camelback. Peoria is a really good one. Um, good, good. I mean, a lot, a lot of these, good ones. Uh, Cincinnati has a really good. That's park. that's good, good year. year. That's good, good year. year. A lot of these, a lot of these stadiums are really, really nice. I don't think you can go wrong. Um, you know, but I would definitely look into it and try to be. You know, I guess too, it depends on if you're looking to follow the Angels around. Try to figure out the week you're going or the week you want to go. Where the Angels are going to be if they're going to be at Temple Diablo for most of the games or, or what. But I just think you know, just just follow the Angels. But a lot of these stadiums are are been renovated and been. Um, built, you know, fairly recently, and a lot of them are really, really good. But that's a good question. We got to sit down and talk about our spring training trip this year. Um, S Flood two five four two. Why was Adele playing in the fall league and not in the big club in September? Cobbs because he didn't have to. He didn't have to. They didn't have to. They didn't. They, so, yeah, he's twenty. Uh, he, he's twenty. You start his clock. A, uh, you start time a lot earlier. Um, again, for people that might know, and I understand it, the, the MLB contracts are so weird, especially when you're a, a guy working way through a system. Mm-hmm. Once you start your clock, which means once you break with the MLB team, you made, you're getting major league money. But not only that, but now that that clock, that six year clock on a contract, um, starts. So let's preface. Well, let's say this: when you sign. As a rookie, when you get drafted as a rookie, you get signed. So you can you can get bonuses, like some of these guys get bonuses or whatever. But the Angels have team control for six years. Or you have you have no, you have control you have six years. Yeah, you have six years. Um the team is you know, has your contract before you can hit free agency. So but in between that time, you can I think after the third year it's arbitration eligible, which means you can ask for a raise and then the Angels are like Dan has mentioned, the Angels are real good at arbitration cases where they don't. They avoid arbitration. It means you sit with the third party and they determine how much money you get. Um, but you're still under contract for six years. So if he gets called up this year, the clock that Dan is talking about cuts into that six year 
Starts now. So, so why waste it Starts on now. a season where because the he's not are... gonna he's not gonna get a no ton of at bats. I'm guarantee you he probably didn't get more at bats in that in this Arizona Fall League. Oh yeah, for sure. And then he like, would in a, in September call against up. quality guys too. against quality guys. And we talked about it before. This is like an all star of all star games. Like a lot of the top prospects that haven't been in the majors um, are there, and and they're seeing quality opponents every night and getting at bats every night. Um, it was just a smart move. Joe missed some time at the beginning of the year because of the injury he suffered at spring training. So, again, to make up for those at-bats that he missed, sent him down to, to um, the Arizona Fall League. Arizona Fall League has, is, has I think, it's underrated because I don't think a lot of people know about it, which is understandable. But, I mean, like 90% of the guys that play in the Arizona Fall League end up making it to the majors. So, <clears> these <throat> are quality pitchers he's facing, quality at-bats, and uh, I think helps him more long-term than – if you were in the September call-ups and um, maybe got 10 at-bats uh, through the month of September and just kind of sits there and doesn't do a whole lot. Yeah. So I think that's it for Instagram. Um, again, we talked about it. Next week, we'll try to do our award show, finish the last couple of games of the season, and it should be fun. Um, yeah, again, if you guys want to reach us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com, send in your email there. I hate underscore Haven on Instagram. Same thing on Twitter. Um, shoot us your questions, your comments, your concerns. We love we love to hear the feedback. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, uh, be on the lookout for our Kyle Bradish interview that's going to drop Monday morning. Hopefully, early enough for your ride home. If not, your ride home from work. So um, that's something coming out uh, next week. Will be our awards after we kind of rev- quickly review the the three games left in the Angels season. And then it's the off season, but definitely uh, keep a lookout on our Instagram and our and our um, Twitter because if something breaks in the off season, a signing or, or whatever, we'll definitely have to come together and do like an emergency podcast, and that will be the first place we post it. So exactly, definitely, definitely keep a lookout for that. All right, so that's gonna wrap it up for us today. For the curator, I'm Johnny Banks. I'm Daniel Garcia, and you've listened to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts.